Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 172. Today is Friday, and I want to answer a question that I have been asked more than one time in recent months. Is a man body and soul, or is a man body, soul, and spirit? Now, before you dismiss this as just a theological and philosophical argument, first of all, it's not because the Bible is very clear on man being a trichotomy, that is, in three parts. Of course, there is the language of the soul and the spirit and the heart and the mind that are used interchangeably. You have the Hebrew concept in the Old Testament of the soul being the soul, the totality of a man. Ezekiel used it in that way when he said, the soul that sins shall die. That doesn't mean that just the part that you cannot see of a man dies, but every part of him dies because he is a sinner. And so when we come to this idea of body, soul, and spirit, it relates to where we are today, even in the pandemic that we're going through with COVID-19 around the world and here in the United States. As you very well know, it is deemed that only medical personnel and scientific personnel and various personnel that are assigned many times arbitrarily as essential You will see that those who are not assigned as essential are those who deal with the spiritual part of man, the parts you cannot see. And let me assure you that God looks at the body, soul, and spirit as a person. Long, long hours of research and dissertations have been written upon the spiritual part of a man as it relates to healing in the body. To say that a man is because he is a physician or they are a health care worker, that their presence there in caring for someone is exclusive to those who care for the soul and the spirit as well as the body of a man. We have misunderstood the totality of a person. I believe that pastors and spiritual caregivers are just as essential as medical workers. For 45 years, I've gone in and out of hospitals in large cities, major cities in America, and in the hamlets and towns across rural America. And I can tell you that families want to have other family members there. If you can disinfect a physician, If you can disinfect a nurse, if you can disinfect a CNA or a worker, you can disinfect a wife or a husband or a child or a caregiver who is of the spiritual realm. This is manipulation at the highest level. It is a failure to recognize the spiritual part of a man, which our secular, humanistic, globalistic society is trying to do away with. We should not fall for this farce and this ruse, and that's exactly what it is. We are made in the image of God. Yes, God made a man's body important. He made Adam's body first, and he breathed into him the nephesh, the life, the life of God himself he put inside of him. 
but I want to share with you today the importance of understanding what the Bible says about the body, soul, and spirit. You see, when one gets out of whack, it's very easy for the other to get out of whack. Yes, I do believe that man is trichotomous, that is, he is three parts, and that is body. With his body, he relates to the world around him through his senses. With his soul, he has the ability to have intellect. He has sometimes what we would call the mind. He has emotion. He has the ability to feel, to cry, to laugh, to be joyful, to be sorrowful, to grieve, on and on. Those emotions with which we do emote our very feelings. And then, as William Temple, one of the greatest thinkers who ever lived, said, The soul is a complex entity consisting of at least two parts, the chief of which is the will. You see, God has given us intellect, he's given us emotion, and he's given us will. All of that is somehow bound up in the soul of a person. And we relate to ourselves. We're self-aware. We're aware of the data that comes in through our body, through our senses, And with our spirit, we relate to God. You see, God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, from the mouth of Jesus. And so we are body, soul, and spirit. And this is why the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church at Thessaloniki in Greece, said, Now may the God of peace himself set you apart, sanctify you completely. Now, what did he mean by completely? And may your whole spirit, soul, and body, that is the pneuma, the suke, and the soma, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, someone would say, and rightly so, well, you can't discern what is done soulishly and what is done spiritually. Well, I understand all about that, but God can. Did you hear what I said? God can. That's why in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive. It's quick, the King James says. When you quick a horse, you get down in the living part. And your fingernail, when it turns back beyond that rough, calloused edge, then you get into the quick, into the living. And you know it's alive then. For the word of God is living. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Really not the best translation for understanding because we're not talking about a two-edged dagger of a Roman, a soldier, which is so often preached as the analogy that is being given here. That's not it at all. This is not the book of Romans. This is a book of Hebrews. He's talking about a priest's fillet knife, and he goes on to describe that. It's sharper than any two-edged priest's fillet knife, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow. You see, when a person brought an offering to God, whether it was a bull or whether it was a ram or a sheep or a goat, unless it was the whole burnt offering, which everything was consumed and belonged to God and was burnt on the altar, when someone brought an offering to God, God got the first portion, but the priest got a portion as well, and then the offer got a portion to dedicate that and eat it unto the Lord as a holy sacrifice. And so there was an order to dividing it up. 
and what the priests were, if they were anything, and the Levites, if they were anything, they were butchers. They were expert butchers. And God said, I want you to get this part. I'm going to get this part, and I want the priests to get their part. And so many times they would take a sharp edge, two-edged sword, or what we would call a fillet knife, and they would put it right in between the joints where it would be separated. They knew exactly where to hit that knife, where to stick it, where to cut, and they would cut one way forward, then they would cut back the other way backwards, and that knife was just as sharp on one side as it was the other. Why? Because it had to divide between the joints exactly, and even the marrow of the bone. This is what the Bible likens unto the Spirit of God, the soul and the spirit. The Bible says, For the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, any priest fillet knife. Remember, book of Hebrews here, not Romans, of the joints and the marrow. It is a divider even and is able to divide between the soul and spirit. Now, if there was not division, then it could not be divided. But evidently, there is a division because the Bible says the Word of God Himself is able to divide it just like the joints and the marrow that the priests do at every sacrificial offering. And that same Word of God, which is alive and powerful, is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, nobody knows the heart of man. We don't even know our own heart. Sometimes people say, well, if I know my heart. Well, you don't. Because you see, it's exceedingly wicked. Many times we think we're doing something out of the right motive only when we examine ourselves to find out that really in light of the Word of God, we have not done something in the right motive. And so the Bible says that God is able to discern and there is no creature, no creation hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we must give an account. I want to share with you today that God has a plan for your life and that plan involves opening up your life to the word of God. And when you go to the mirror of the word of God, to the laver of the Word of God, to the wash basin of the Word of God. And you say, God, examine me. God will examine you. But unlike a mirror that can only show you where you are dirty and where you are filthy and where you need to be cleansed, the Word of God is the cleansing agent that also washes us and cleanses us and makes us to be like the Lord Jesus. I pray that God blesses your heart this day and over this blessed weekend. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.